Hey everybody, welcome back to the Stuck in the Middle podcast. My name is Zach and I am with Jody Metcalf, a researcher on mixed race identity, whiteness, intersectionality and critical race theory in South Africa. Now, before we get into the interview, I'd like to just give you all a little background on Jody. Jody is a queer mixed race woman with a Bachelor of Social Science in Politics and Gender Studies, a Bachelor of Social Science Honours in Gender and Transformation, and a Master's of Philosophy in Justice and Transformation. Her master's focused on first-generation mixed-race identity and the influences of whiteness and post-apartheid national ideology on identity construction. She recently submitted her PhD titled Representations of Mixed-Race Identity in Post-Apartheid South African Literature as a PhD candidate at the Doctoral College for Intersectionality Studies at the University of Bayreuth. Jody is currently a researcher at the European Centre for Minority Issues in Flensburg. Jody, welcome. How are you? Hey, it's so good to be here. I'm doing very well and very excited about our discussion today. Me too. Um, can you please tell the listeners anything more about yourself that you'd like to share or a bit more about what you do and a little bit about your family history? Yeah, I think I... Um of course, being a mixed race person myself naturally gravitated towards trying to do research on mixed race people. I think yeah. growing up, there wasn't a lot of, um, not a lot of representation across the board, but also especially not within literature or yeah. within, um, mm. within, uh, you know, academic environments or, uh, on TV, you know, anything mm. like this. So. I I think I, I often felt like that was missing, especially because I knew that we existed because yeah. <laughs> my friends were mixed race yeah. and we all were the same. Mm. So um, I think I, I gravitated towards that. And so that um, led me to doing research on it and trying to create that knowledge um, and, you know, solidify that in some writing for, for us. Um, with my family, so I am... I think I identify both as colored and as mixed race. Okay, um, yeah. So my dad is white. Okay. And my mother is colored, uh, specifically like Cape Malay yeah. colored. Um, and so I was born in Joburg, but moved when I was six because my mom's from Cape Town um, and then was raised in, in, in Cape Town. Okay. Um, Hence the accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I actually have a twin brother. Oh, okay. And he's also, of course, mixed race. Um, yeah. But uh, he does not, uh, yeah, it's, it just seems to not affect his life, I guess. <laughs> or he just does not care. Um, uh, it's, it's interesting when you think of it, you know, growing up and you think, oh, you grow up in the same house and so you're going to have, you know, twins exactly the same age, in the same classes at school, the same yeah. friends, experiences like that. And, course you know the intersectional dynamics of gender of course come into that but it's um it's interesting to see the paths that we've taken he's an engineer yeah he's not concerned about race or does, <laughs> or does... construction yeah he's not deep in his identity crisis like I am. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. uh, what does he do as a career uh, he's a chemical engineer, actually. Whoa, okay, wow. <laughs> so it's very, very different uh, yeah. to to what I'm doing, but yeah. not, not, not less important. <laughs> yeah, not at all. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll get straight into it. Can you recall some experiences 
that you think are unique about being a mixed race child growing up? For example, school or work or your social life? Yeah, I mean, you know, when when I was born, um, my parents had gone into exile. Oh, and okay. not when I was born, sorry, I was born after that. But my parents were, they met around the like 1980s-ish. Okay. Um, my dad was going to be conscripted, didn't want to do that, left. Yeah. Uh, my mom had to stay to... Um, she, because colored women could only be like teachers, nurses, nurses, or social workers. Oh, okay. And so, um, yeah, if you wanted funding, so that was the only funding that was daily available. And so she oh. became a teacher, and so she had to repay um, bursary back to the state. And so um, she eventually joined my dad. You know, three years later, got married two weeks after seeing him in England. <laughs> okay. uh, she went over with her wedding dress. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, so. I think you know when they, when when um, when you know apartheid had ended, they came back to South Africa and then accidentally had my brother and I, mm. and uh, that was like end of nineteen ninety three, and I think you know having that, especially my mother's political influence in my life, okay. and mm. um, was really. I don't know, to some extent, I didn't feel that I was different. And when I was growing up in Johannesburg, and until I was about five, all of my friends were mixed race. Oh, like mm-hmm. everyone, yeah, everyone was mixed. So I just thought everyone's parents looked different. I just thought mm. that was a normal thing um, that we all had, you know, we actually, we all had white par- uh, one white parent, but yeah. um you know, I, I just thought this was a normal thing until I moved to Cape Town. But I think I mean, that also comes with age, you know, and you become more aware of yourself and yeah, an identity. Of course, and yeah. Especially, you know, the reproduction of race within children as well is just so mm. prevalent. But um, when I moved to, when we moved to Cape Town, I remember feeling shocked because a lot of the questions were like, uh, is that your dad? Why do you look like that? <laughs> yeah, is, that your, sounds... is that your nanny? You know, for my yeah. mother, because my mother, I mean, I'm a white passing person yeah. mm-hmm. um, and my mother is most certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> so, mm. you know, it's very, um, it was, you know, but I mean, I have her eyes, so I kind of look, you know, an mm. Asian vibe kind of thing. So, you know, mm. it was always like, what are you, you know, the usual question. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, that, that juxtaposition of like Cape Town and Joburg, I, I, I felt a lot and, and going back and to and from Joburg and Cape Town throughout the years, I always felt that my mixed race friends in Joburg, of course, they felt that their identity was, you know, um, they felt different and they felt, you know, that they had to choose and stuff like that. But I think, yeah. you know, in Cape Town, I was only going to colored schools. Um, I was only in that environment, and so having a white father in in, yeah. in that space wasn't exactly um, the best time. Yeah. Um, in terms of, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of like, uh, now you know, it's like, I, because I write about this, it's kind of for healing purposes. But yeah, yeah, it took me a long time with with my dad. Uh, you know, like with the whiteness and mm. not feeling like I was needed to be ashamed of him. Yeah, um, you know, uh, because yeah. of the whiteness, because people are like, well, you can either be colored and you can't be both and you can't be this and um, you have to talk like that. And yeah. um, I think that was uh, that was kind of 
odd in a way because mm. I think and that's what I do in my research as well is to specifically say the difference between you know colored identity and first generation mixed race identity mm. because colored identity is its own cultural identity with a historical specific historical history um to a large extent and people who say have a one black parent and one white parent aren't necessarily colored in a, in a cultural sense and yeah um but for me uh, with a colored mother i did feel that i was colored yeah so yeah. i think there was always that yes we accept you as colored because of your accent and your family but we know that your father is white and so you can't participate in certain conversations mm. whether it's about hair or whatever um mm. so yeah i mean <laughs> the school that i went to there was i always um remember this instance where i was explaining uh, my dad had come to pick me up and i was just so embarrassed because i was like oh my god this white man is going to out me yeah. in front of these people that think i'm colored yeah <laughs> and like i love my dad it's just like mm. come on man i got a reputation yeah <laughs> and mean, um yeah. and uh, the school said to me oh so you were brack oh and Do you know what the brack is? No, I'm scared to ask. Maybe but... it's Cape Town. Maybe it's Cape Town slang. Oh, but no. But it's basically like a like a dog that you don't know the breed of. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, so like, you know, like a pavement special kind yeah. of dog or whatever. And so then then yeah, then they used to say like, "Oh yeah, but like, you know, we like Jody, but Jody's a brack." And Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, now I can I can laugh about it, but at the yeah. time it just, you know, it uh, sent me a bit Mm. No, I mean that the part about being embarrassed by your dad that happened too many times to me uh, in school. Mm. Um but yeah. you, you mentioned It's hard because it, it it's like you get to this point where you're like how can I this is my father and I love him it doesn't mean I love him any less yeah, it's just absolutely. society is telling me that that it's not okay that he's my father. Yeah, I mean I I used to ask him to park and not get out of the car so that I could go to him. <laughs> I really I struggled Absolutely. with it. Yeah. Um but something you said um caught my attention was the kids suddenly started asking you questions um when you moved to Cape Town. Did you feel like uncomfortable or you like were you able to answer those questions with ease cuz for me I always struggle with them. I mean that's one of the biggest reasons for this podcast is awareness and Um I think as I got older I kind of figured out what they were asking me right because i you know because of my parents you know political you know history and they that influence on me you know it was very much like we're just people but you know that's unrealistic in a society that relies on on exactly, racial yeah. categorizations and so i kind of had to learn the these nuances of of what people were trying to say um yeah and so as i got older um i think i i started to figure out okay well when people ask me what are you why does that bother you mm. and what what responses can i come up with um yeah i remember someone asked me once um like what are you and i was like i'm a mix of slave and slave master oh, and they were like 
And I was like, yeah, because you're asking stupid questions, yeah. and then this is what answer you're gonna get. You're gonna, I'm gonna make you feel uncomfortable because yeah. I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. Um, but in the end, I think now I kind of, um, yeah, I think I think with big stress identity, especially when people want to put you, especially when you're racially ambiguous, and yeah. people put you in these boxes, and then you know it's very like you can see them needing and craving to put you in a box that works for them that's so true it's so yeah and 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 it's it's um it's almost like you have to give away so much of yourself in like your first interaction yeah absolutely because it's it's like you didn't even ask me my name like yeah. I was at a, <laughs> yeah you know what i mean and now i'm telling you my whole family history yeah um, I was at the party. I remember it's been like 17 or something, and this this um, guy came up to me. And he was like, "Oh, I've been looking at you all night," and I was like, "Ooh," and he was like, "Yeah, what are you?" And oh, I was like, "Ugh." Ruined it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, then then I you know would be like a human being or you know try to yeah. Um, but I I I mean, there's different strategies for that, I guess. Mm. But it's um. It's hard because it's like, why must I give up so much of who I am or myself to make you feel comfortable to rearrange me into whatever box you think I go in? Yeah. In in your in your brain, and then of course with having the accent that I do, you know, and looking the way that I do, then people think, oh, I'm a white girl pretending to be colored. Oh, that that must be infuriating. I that would... that was infuriating <laughs> yeah, that... because it was like. <sighs> You know, and then it's when, and then if you see my mother, then they're like, "Oh, is this your mom? Oh, I can't believe it! Oh!" And then me and my mother must sit in this awkwardness of you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's just, um, yeah. I think sometimes people think without speaking, but oh yeah, 100%, that's not yeah. an excuse for not at all. being uh, involved in other people's lives. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, for me, when I. When I go through my entire family history, I work so hard to tell everybody. And like a few days later, mm -hmm. I'll just be referred to as white. And I don't know if you mm -hmm. get that as well. It's like they asked me all of this, but it was too much. So they got bored and yeah. just said white. And that always bugs me. Because <laughs> they're not getting the answer that they're looking for. Yeah. You know, and they, they need you to confirm the whatever their preconceived notion of you is. I mm. mean, I have never been told that I am white by colored people. Mm. Because, well, maybe that's just the circles that I've been in, but I, I have a friend and, and um, when we were, we had eventually started discussing this in like, masters uh, when we both got our masters but we had been friends since like second year of university mm -hmm. and i was telling her like you know this is what i want to do for my thesis and and then i said to her like when you first saw me what did you think and she was like i knew that you were colored because of the way that you walk and carry yourself <laughs> and i thought what the hell does that mean like are we adding extra yeah. <laughs> what are these extra stereotypes that yeah. we're adding now so I, th I think it's really up to perception. I mean, now that I've been living in um, in Europe for a while, I've lost a lot of my, <laughs> of my color because of the sun. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when I go home, my mother's like, are you bleaching your skin? And I'm like, no, it's just <laughs> the sun. 
Um, so I think it's it's just you know depends on if it's winter time I'm looking a bit more white than usual if mm. it's summer uh, you know I'm more tan but yeah um, I think it's uh, um, it just depends on the on the person I think the nicest way that someone has ever asked me what my ethnicity or identity or race, race is is someone said to me how did your family come to be in South Africa. <laughs> Okay, yeah. And I was like, that's so creative. Yeah. That's a nice way to <laughs> that's ask so it. Much, yeah, that's so much better than, hey, what are you? Mm. Like, let me put you in my box, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the being mixed race comes with its struggles, which we've focused a lot on, but it also has mm. positive things. Can you think back on any positive experiences you've had pertaining to being mixed race? You know, I thought about this a lot, <laughs> and I, I think that everything is positive. And like, I, 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 I maybe that's because like therapy. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, you know, now when I think back on my life and I think of where I am now and in and what I'm researching on and the passion that I have for for what I'm doing, I think everything was a learning moment and a growing moment, and it allowed me access into multiple spaces and experience things in in very deeply intersectional ways mm. that i think you know not everyone has access to i mean of course there's you know the, the the negative side of it but you know i um my grandfather is irish on my dad's side and oh. so you know, yeah. So we we celebrate, you know, a lot of um, Irish tra- traditions, and um, you know, having um, Cape Malay culture. You know, making a curry. Yeah. Um, for sisters, you know, mm. um, samosas, and and those are things that I still carry with me now. And I mm. think I've taken the the best of 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 my parents, not their culture, not not their you know the the race or yeah yeah or those kinds of things and and the values and i put that into myself rather than when i was when i was younger you know in in, in high school and and early days of university i only tended to focus on i want people to see me this way mm. and now i think i'm like well i don't really care yeah that's <laughs> Um, I'm but trying if you to get had asked me this question ten years ago, I'd yeah. be like, "There are no positive experiences." <laughs> but um, yeah. I think I've learned to, you know, um, love who I am and being mixed and being this in betweenness thing and, and occupying what that means mm. and and just embracing that. So I think there's there's opportunities to. Um, to see it that way, you mm. know, you just have to do the work to get there. Unfortunately, yeah, well, that's that was that was beautiful. That was so nice to hear. <laughs> I think it's good yeah. to put it in a that it's just all positive. Yeah, yeah, the, the, everything you can learn from, you know, and mm. everything is a, you know, and I, I think even when you when you have interactions with people where you just like, oh, uh, this person is gonna ask me what am I? Yeah. You know, then you, then you know how to spot it quicker. Yeah. And then you, you, you exactly, and then you're not wasting you're not wasting your time anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like, mm, I can smell this coming a mile away. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and that is, you know helps you to, in terms of like who do you want in your life? 
and mm. who do you not want in your life and um, what people add value and I think you know having experiences like that from a young age you know can really shape you to cutting out mm. those kinds of things at the later stage um, well earlier you mentioned that you're no longer in South Africa you grew in, you grew up and studied here in South Africa but you yeah. currently work and live in Germany right Yes. Um, um. <laughs> so as a mixed race person, can you comment on how your experiences have been in these two countries? Um, well, so I should say why I, I left. So I, oh, yes. I, wrote my, I wrote my master's um, on mixed race identity. I was actually going to write it on gender-based violence, which is what my um, research focus was. But um. I think you know fees must fall happened when I and roads must fall happened when I started my masters, and it mm. really made me um, think critically on um, on my identity and you know just feel like well someone's got to write something about us mm. and maybe it should be me. Yeah. And when roads must fall and fees must fall happened, I was at UCT and I just I was so um, claustrophobic and I. The, the structures weren't changing. Mm. The the whiteness was overwhelming. Yep. <laughs> I just felt yeah. suffocated by it. And it just, I, I just couldn't, I felt like the walls were closing in on me. Mm. And I just, I needed to experience something else and leave academia and maybe travel for a bit. And yeah. I didn't intend to, I, I wouldn't say I've left South Africa. I definitely, I want to come home. Mm. Um, but I, I didn't go straight to Germany. I actually went to South Korea. Wow. I, cool. Yeah. And I went to teach English there for a year. Oh. I taught, okay. uh, yeah, I taught kindergarten, uh, kindergartners some English. And um, that experience was, uh, was interesting because um because of the way that i looked a lot of people thought i was half korean <laughs> if not right. if not korean yeah and so uh when i started learning because my my town had no english and i started learning korean and then i could kind of get away with it a bit but my co-worker was fluent and um like we would you know get the taxi or we would go to a restaurant or whatever and they would say where is she from why isn't she speaking isn't she korean yeah and then she'd say no she's from south africa and they'd be like what and they're like why, if you're from south africa why aren't you black you know like the usual yeah yeah you know yeah. Yeah. and um but then when i was on my own i would have situations where people would say to me like you american koreans come here oh god and you don't even learn your language yeah <laughs> Firstly, yeah. I'm not American. <laughs> I'm not Korean. Yeah. I, I like I'm have no links in that way. So you know, people would say you don't even bother to like learn your own language and your heritage. And I'm just like I'm just a racially ambiguous person. Yeah. Leave me alone. Yeah. Um. So that that was interesting in that regard. I think you know when I left when I left South Africa, I, I all I wanted was to find a place where I could just be South African. Yeah, yeah. And I have never found that. Oh, okay. Because yeah. <laughs> white supremacy and racism are entrenched in across yeah, the, everywhere. The, the world. And um, coming to Germany, I, I think in Korea, I didn't struggle as much because Korea's identity, um, they have a lot of um, communal thinking in, in, the, um, in the way that they go about society, whereas 
in Germany, I would say, is a bit more individualistic. You know, people, yeah. you know, kind of stick to themselves. In Korea, when you're cooking food, you you know, you're cooking for everyone, you're sharing a meal. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going out of your way to be hospitable, which is, you know, where my coloredness really comes in. <laughs> overcooking of food. I only know yeah. how to cook for like six people, so I'm just like meal prepping every yeah. week here now. Um, but I think, you know, yeah, in in germany um because of the language you know the and and the history it's you know um people don't when you when you translate the word race from german it's more related to animal species oh and not yeah (laughs) and so so you can't really use it in the same way and so ethnicity is is more because race is so differently constructed based on the society that you're in like whiteness in south africa presents in a very specific way compared to whiteness in europe of course there are links between that but you know whiteness in south africa is born out of a very specific system Mm. in germany it's also born out of that specific system um Mm. And especially like constructions of racial identity. And so here, you know, there's a lot of, um, um, but we're all a part of the human race. Uh, <laughs> and oh. it's like, yeah, but the racism exists. So, yeah. Um, I think, you know, when I, I had to write for my, for my PhD, I had to write my abstract in, um, in German. Wow. And so I, I had tried to translate it and I asked one of my co-workers and she was like, this was the most uncomfortable thing, thing I've ever done because what? she said it just read like a Nazi propaganda oh, God. document because you just can't translate mixed race identity in, in, into the German language. Oh, it's just right. that there's oh. no word for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so this, this so so I all of my, my my German abstract is like German German English in inverted commas German German oh English God. in inverted commas, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, um, yeah, it's a uh, it's it, I think it, it it exists here, and I had wanted to do research on it, and I think maybe I'll consider that for a postdoc or something. But, okay. Um, <laughs> My experiences here, I, I would say, are to some extent the same. But yeah. in in South Africa, uh, people look and sound like me, yeah. and I don't feel alone. And I can suss out who's gonna be openly racist towards me. Yeah. Okay. Whereas here, I don't feel I have that same connection because people very much walk on eggshells around it. Yeah, um, you know, I always make a joke and I say like, sometimes I miss South African racism okay. because like at least, at least yeah. it's in your face. At least you're not wasting it. Oh yeah, I was People, actually. Yeah. You know, I don't like you because you look like this. Done. Yeah, it's Where very it's blatant like, here. Is yeah. it? Isn't it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's not. Yeah. yeah. It's like. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also wanted to ask how you navigate. Um, through the different cultures that you've been brought up in? Because I know I struggle a lot between my mom and dad's culture because they're very different. So I wanted to know how you navigate. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I, I mean, we would spend um, alternating years for Christmas at the oh, different okay. family. Mm. Yeah, so we, my dad's family is London. And um, so we would, you know, one year for Christmas, drive up to East London and spend it there um, with with the family. And then one year in, in Cape Town. Mm. 
Um, so I didn't. You know, when you're young, you just want to play with your cousins. <laughs> and um, yeah. but you know, as you get older and you start to develop into like a fully functioning human mm. with you know thoughts and um, you kind of pick up on the subtle. Um, you know the microaggressions and yeah, the, the yeah. subtle things, and it's it's not um, it it was hard sometimes, especially um, in some ways, just seeing you know my mother being put aside a bit by my dad's family and just not em- embraced in the same wholeheartedness like my dad is with my mom's family. Mm. Um, and so you know, seeing that kind of made me feel like. Ugh, why yeah. do we spend time here? Yeah, no, I get <laughs> I that. that. I get that. I, I know that sounds that sounds bad, but it's it's um, you know, you no. have those moments of that, and I think uh, because of the Irish heritage, you know, I kind of more focus on that to make myself feel better about the whiteness part of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I. And I think that's what a lot of white people do, really. Yeah, you know, I was about to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but then I was like, yeah, that's actually unproductive. And mm. you need to think about what this what this legacy means. Yeah. And when, when I started writing about mixed race identity and I started writing about whiteness, particularly because I think that's one thing that really has affected me a lot as a mixed race person. I, mm. You know, colorness is inherently mixed in its in itself. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. But uh, whiteness is such a pernicious, uh, you know, can be really vicious in in a lot of ways. Yeah, in, absolutely. In, in identity construction, and I, I think you know when I started writing about this, and um, my dad and I would have a lot of conversations mm. about you know, his whiteness and uh, in maleness and straightness and yeah. Um, and I was always grateful that he was, you know, really willing to, to learn and listen to me and Oh that's great, um, yeah. 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 So I think that was really productive. I mean that's not the case of course for everyone, but you know, yeah, as, I, yeah. as I was saying to him, you know, at the end of the day, like you have two brown children. You're the mm. only white person in this house. Like <laughs> you need to, yeah. <laughs> you need to get it together. Yeah. Like, you need to do more, and you need to do better. And you know, I I, I gave him like you know, uh, uh, anti discrimination memes or anti racism <laughs> memes. I yeah. would send him, and yeah. you know, he phoned me and asked me questions. And mm. I mean, one day we got to a we got to a point where he just said to me. Do you hate me because I'm white? Oh. And I was like, <laughs> That's a, No, um, I don't hate you. Yeah. No. I just want you to understand the level of privilege and and hurt and intergenerational trauma that whiteness has created and sustained. Mm. And you need to think about your part in that. It's one thing to, you know, oh yeah, I was with your mother back then and, you know, police were hiding in trees looking for us. And, Mm. you know, that's one thing, but it's also, yeah, then mommy went home to her colored area and you went home to your white area and lived your best white life. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I think, I think for me in that environment was like, how do I navigate this oppressor versus oppressed yeah. legacy? And what is my role in that when I, by having one, a white parent, I am by virtue already having access to whiteness in, and the privileges and the benefits that come with, exactly. with whiteness. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we often tease my father because we're like, yeah, you're like the worst part, white person. You didn't even have intergenerational wealth. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all like, you know, we can all joke about that now. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's a, it's still, you know, he has a university degree. Um, you know, there's a, they can afford a house. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we certainly didn't, um, you know, middle-class life didn't, I mean, there were of course difficult times, but you know, that for the most part we were okay financially mm. and, you know, um, so there's, you know, by virtue of, you know, you mixed race with a white parent you're already middle class because yeah. whiteness gives you that absolutely yeah and so it's um you know <laughs> to think of i mean my mother was very intentional in the schools that she put my brother and i in she wanted us to go to school in cape town she wanted us to you know i went to a low to middle income school um most of the people that i, I went to school with you know the my school uh, for a year was like 3,500 rand, you know, it was, right, uh, okay. but it was a very good school. It was a mm. very good school, very politically focused. My entire family had gone there. And so that's when I think I really solidified my colored identity and my, my connection to the history of my people and our stories and our food and our language and our own, our dialect and our slang. Um, mm. And so I just connected with that more. And so the more, as I got older and I would spend time with my father's family, I just, I felt more disconnected from them because I didn't feel like we were growing up in the same environment. I didn't feel we were living in the same South Africa. Yeah. You know, we went to, went to my cousin's wedding and my mom, my brother and I were the only people of color there. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. You know, it's that, that's, um, it just seems uh, what, wrong. The, the, what yeah. kind of reflection is that? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, the school thing is very interesting. I mean, I went to an all white boys school for primary school. I think that kind of put me on the back foot immediately. Um, mm. but otherwise, you know, I think your environment matters, uh, to see how, you know, you learn to live with yourself and, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, I wanted to ask you, um, do you feel more comfortable? I know we've spoken about both cultures here. Do you feel more comfortable with one culture? Maybe the because you appear more, like have colored features, do you feel more comfortable? Mm, I feel, I feel colored. I don't think I have ever or will ever feel white. Mm. Right. I just I, I I don't see that for mm. myself. <laughs> yeah. I think I think if I had you know if I had grown up in a like you say environment is 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 so important. If I had grown up without this accent and I had you know whatever like model C middle class yeah. white whatever accent that I had, I think 
I would have struggled even more with my identity. Yeah. Because um, I had, I just, I can't see myself as white because I, you know, I, I have a specific life experience. And yeah, you haven't experienced the idea of whiteness. No, yeah. because I, because I'll never be accepted. Because yeah. Because I, yeah. at, at these times that I look white and these times that I don't. And then to speak like this. I mean, my grandmother used to say to me, why do you speak like that? You don't look like them. Mm. You know, as for, for colored people, like yeah. you don't look like a colored person. Why are you speaking like a colored person? I'm like, because yeah. I'm a colored person. <laughs> That's how I speak, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's a, it's a, um, I, I, it's, it's, even though, you know, by proxy of my father that I have this access to this privilege, I, I will never be truly accepted. Yeah by that i remember i was um lecturing on a the on a course in a tct it was like introduction to gender studies and um this girl came up to me afterwards she said uh, i'm a white girl and she said you have to change your accent i cannot understand you what i did <laughs> i was like girl in a class of 400 people you <laughs> think i'm changing my accent for you no you must the be point. joking yeah no um, so I, I think, you know, there's, um, I definitely feel, um, I feel that I will never be accepted by whiteness. And so there's no point in trying to attain that because that's never achievable because it's, it's this, one of my participants actually in, for my, uh, for my masters and I actually published a paper about this last year. Mm. Um, but she had said that, um, whiteness is like a, a, a jar of white paint. And once you, okay. you know, add something else, it will never be white again. Oh, and okay. that's, and that's this like this. That's the thinking of, of whiteness and in and mm. to keep this you know this purity. Yeah. Thinking and so you by you are the, the drop in that paint jar that, that mm. upsets that system. Yeah. And so I guess in and that's maybe another positive thing is that like in our very construction or in our very identity we disrupt what whiteness seeks to create you know yeah. and sustain and so i think um i don't think i could ever identify with that or mm. um yeah I, I think it would it, it would inherently reject me so why bother uh completely understand that yeah but then again you know when when with my with my um the the research that I did uh, this some of my participants that were mixed race and went to white schools were ashamed of their colored parent oh. and whereas I went to yeah I see uh, yeah colored school it's exactly what and I was, was saying, ashamed yeah. of the white parent yeah so you know in, again environment and and what what identity is being privileged or what what are you being told to strive towards mm. um you know because it, uh, it's you can't be both mm. and and, yeah. and that they, they will never accept that you could be both yeah mm. you know so i, I think colored uh, colored identity is just it's more for me. I mean, now living overseas, I, I don't necessarily tend to say that I'm colored because that has a whole different connotation. Yeah, that doesn't, so that doesn't exhausted. work anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I present at conferences, like 
70% of the questions are why are you still using the terminology of colored? Mm, yeah. And we don't, we don't use that. And I'm like, well, Europe isn't the center of the world. Yeah. People. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, you know, identities exist in, in different places and <laughs> yeah. they're differently constructed. Sorry about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, so um, I, I just tend to say Kate Millay. It's right. Just, uh, it's easier for me. It's the same as saying when people say, what are you and just saying mixed you know? yeah yeah because you just you get exhausted of of, of saying that exactly yeah. yeah um well you mentioned that you can't be both so I, i'd like to ask would you say there is such thing as a, a mixed race culture or a culture created by mixed race cult people i think this is such an interesting question because I, I honestly don't know and I, mm. I think that it depends on of course how you are defining culture but I think you know as a as a, a third space so an, 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 like an in-between hybrid space that that becomes created um, you know with for people to you know, create spaces of belonging with it, you know, it's like a, a woman of color only space or a queer only space or, you know, the creation of spaces where people feel comfortable. I think that to some extent, I and mean, certainly in my life, I have spaces that are just, you know, we're just a bunch of mixed kids, mm, yeah. you know, hanging out and talking and, and in that way we are creating culture. Yeah. But I wouldn't say, you know, it's in the same specific way as, or systematic way as, as culture is being created in, 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 in other places. But I, I think that, I don't think there's one. I think there's cultures. I think there's, yeah. there's many. There's, yeah. um, you know, there's certainly a level of, I can relate to that, you know, across the, across South Africa of, of mixed race people. But I mean, even when I, you know, my best friend, um, our parents met at pregnancy breathing classes in oh, wow. Joburg, Joburg Gen, mm. like, you know, back in the day. Yeah. And we've been, you know, best friends ever since. It's kind of, just say, with triplets, with, you know, with my brother. Yeah. And she's actually doing a, um, she's studying in Geneva now. Oh, and okay. so, yeah, and, and so, you know, we're just, you know, a couple of mixed race kids and, and we feel that we can talk about um, these things and uh, can relate, but of course we've had very different life experiences. Mm. Um, but you know that it, it's not the mixedness that connects us always. You know, it's it's, mm. but it's that shared experience of solidarity that I think can be useful and um, be powerful to create um, safe spaces or new cultures. Or yeah. I, I just I don't think that there's one specific There's culture no one, or a yeah. mixed race culture that we could all ascribe to you know it's it's yeah. a it's um it's intersectional and it's very construction of, of, you know so mm. we can have different experiences yeah no it makes sense yeah. but and that's fine i mean that's that you create cultures in that way as well so yeah yeah um how important would you say your physical features are to how you identify and how others identify you, I guess, more importantly. Yeah, that used to be very, very important to me. Mm. That was my whole thing, was I need to burn my skin. <laughs> so, that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that, I mean, 
and luckily for me you know with the with my little mixed race part of me I you know would just be red for one day the next day I'm brown so I'm <laughs> yeah. in it, you know yeah <laughs> so I was like well thank god for melanin <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but um it it was very important for me um especially at at school I mean I it's, I had always wanted curly hair mm. um I always wanted darker skin and I was always so upset that my brother got all the olive tones oh. and I got all the red tones. Yeah. And like the things I would do for an olive tone. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, and so it's still um you know, um I I think I don't think it goes away. Yeah. But I am just more forthright with now telling people as a person of color, you know. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> just, then I see people's faces like mm. shook, and then I'm like, well, you know, yeah. I am. <laughs> That's a good way to start every sentence, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think, I think it it used to be very important to me, mm. and I think to some extent, it is, but. I think now I'm at a point where you know when I go home all I want is to just be around South Africans. I just I want to hear my accent and I mm. I want to I want to feel that and whether they see me as colored or white or whatever I don't care as long as I can have small talk with the, yeah. with the auntie at the cash <laughs> you know because <Yeah. laughs> there's no small talk going on in Germany people don't talk to each other <laughs> um yeah. like smiling is just not a thing no, and you know going home I miss that I miss how embracing mm. you know we are and we're not even doing it in like a it doesn't even it can be fake even but I love it <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah, um it's uh I think yeah, I think I wonder if I had st- if if I didn't have the experiences that I had and you know, I went straight into my PhD at at, at UCT or at a university in South Africa and I built my career there. Um you know, I wonder if if I would have still been hung up about those things and I wonder I I think about that when I think about needing to or wanting to go home mm. with Kamal and I think what if I come home and everything that I've the parts of myself that I've worked so hard to heal just go away and it all comes back yeah mm. and I've, I I'm so scared that I'm going to lose this sense of self and purpose and mm and um value that i've created for myself and like learn to to sustain me is is going to be challenged by by having to live in 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 that experience again and i i wonder if i go back to the thinking like oh i just wish people would see me as colored or yeah you know can i just be this or i wish i could, could like have olive tones or burn my skin or mm have curly or you know mm. whatever but um yeah I, I i don't i don't know if it's still going to be important or not and i think i don't know if that goes away especially when you are uh my other mixed friends are not racially ambiguous and this is not a concern for them mm. 
So I think only for me and and maybe you, we are both racially yeah. ambiguous people, white passing,、mm. you know. And、uh, yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but like, who wants to be white? <laughs> <laughs> in the South African, like in the South African context, like I certainly don't. Yeah, no, I get exactly what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know it sounds. It doesn't sound great, but、yeah. you know it's.、Uh, um, I certainly don't want that for myself, and、mm. so I think it's more of a defensive reaction when、yeah. I'm not perceived, when my physical features are perceived to be. You know, I, I think also a lot of、um, a lot of the, the, what whiteness has created in terms of beauty standards and. And things like that is is so ingrained into a lot of parts of of South African society. And you know, when when I was、um, when my brother and I were born, my、um, my grandmother was so excited that we looked so fair and that our hair was straight.、Oh. Uh, this is my coloured grandmother. Oh, <laughs> yeah, was so excited about that. I mean, the the the, the levels of colourism. In 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 the coloured community as well, it's just uh, toxic, mm, and yeah.、Um, this uh, you know this 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 whole focus on having this attainable beauty, and、um, I think that was very much I felt where there was a lot of celebration of my perceivingly white features. Mm. And that always made me very uncomfortable because, you know, people say,、oh, "But you're so lucky. You just have straight hair, and you can just wash and go, and like, the, you know, like all of yeah, that kind、no. of stuff." And <laughs> I never felt lucky because all I wanted to do was be part of this exactly, communal experience、yeah. of of hair. Yeah. Which is, and, and as as a coloured woman, you know, like, and and as a woman of colour, like, hair is 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 such a, uh, um, important. Part you know, I I also want to spend two hours blowing my hair out, and I've、mm. you know, and I I used to go to my with my mom,、um, my colored grandmother to the to the hairdresser, and I used to feel part of the of my、mm. culture there.、Mm. But I could never do that myself. Yeah, because I never had the hair for it, and 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 so I felt like I was missing out on this female bonding and. Wisdom and the passing down of stories and、um, things like that because I my I just physically my hair can't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> to to end off, do you have any advice for mixed race kids? More importantly, me because I'm the one you know <laughs> who are <laughs>、yeah. growing up in this day and age and are feeling challenged by. What、yeah. we've been speaking about, society's need to pigeonhole us and put us in a、yeah. box. Well, I mean, I must say, when you know, when we first, when I first, I heard your first episode,、mm. and I was like, "No, man, is this still happening?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I had really, I had really, really hoped that you know things would have been yeah better. And I, I, and maybe in like small, minute ways they are. But I mean, if if you if you need to heal and talk about it, then obviously it's still a thing. Yeah. 
important thing is that like it's okay to sometimes feel like disconnected um you know and 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 just find find outlets that that are healthy and and work for you if that's creatively mm. if that's like my brother he just picks up a ball and plays hockey or mm. i don't know runs it does a triathlon okay. <laughs> or whatever <laughs> Mm. Um, you know, it's or me who writes a PhD about it. You know, it's a, <laughs> yeah. it's um, you know, you can find small ways of 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 seeing yourself as worthy and as valuable and as more than just this box that they're trying to put you in. Mm. And I mean, you know, that that comes with growth and that comes with having new experiences and and putting yourself in different situations. But, you know, mixed-race people in their very nature adapt. We, we you know, move through society in, in, in multiple ways. And so you'll be more prepared than you think you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, I still struggle with it. I, I don't know many mixed race people who are older than me um mm. so i can't say whether you know 20 years down the line <laughs> are they still struggling with it yeah <laughs> yeah um but I, I i think it's just important to find find you know people in spaces that bring you joy and you know society is not going to change but you can certainly learn to be happy and live with yourself mm. um yeah. and in whatever capacity that means for you mm. I mean, yeah. thank you so much, Jody. This is this yeah. is. I've actually learned a lot. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, you know, thank you for doing this interview with me. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. I was, was so excited. I was like, oh my <laughs> god, this exists. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like any support ever, like. Mm, yeah. Me, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so thank you and thanks to everybody for listening and sticking around to the end. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Uh, please leave a rating on Spotify and be sure to share this podcast with everybody. Uh, see you around. Bye.